Welcome to another episode of Teenage Wasteland, an Ultimate Spider-Man podcast brought to you by Sesame Street and Porn. My name is John Wilson. And I am Zach Henderson. And we are here to talk about a side trip in the life of Spider-Man. Instead of focusing on his main series, we're taking two episodes out because he guest featured in a Bendis-written arc of Ultimate X-Men. So I know that some of you are kind of bored with the Ultimate Marvel team-up side trip, so hopefully this will not be uh, be quite the same. Hopefully this will be more energetic and more exciting. This is a Wolverine-focused story that Spider-Man guest stars in. Yes, it is a very fun guest starring ship. If I can say that word. It's a new word. We just made it up. Guest starring ship. (laughs) Um, It's a great story. We're going to have a lot of fun telling you about it. And we don't have any emails to go through this week or new friends on Facebook. So... Um, any of you who are listening who want to write into the show and have your uh, words that are on the air, questions answered, emotions untangled, all that stuff, please feel free to write in. You can also join us on Facebook. We'll talk about more of that at the end. And we will welcome you on the show and announce your name to the heavens. But uh, before we dive into issue number 34, since Wolverine is a main focus of this story and since we uh, – um, have not talked about Wolverine a whole lot except for in the Elsewhere segment. Very, very brief recap on where we last saw him. Wolverine was kicked off the X-Men team because he left Cyclops to die in order to, you know, hop into Jean Grey's bed. And that didn't really work out for him because finally Cyclops did come back and took Wolverine out with his optic blasts. Wolverine went off and lived savagely for a while in the Canadian forests until after a while Cyclops came back and said, you know what, I still don't like you, but it was wrong of me to kick you off the team just because you made a move on my girl. So you're welcome back. And he, Wolverine wasn't going to come back. So Cyclops handed him a ring, said, Professor X got this from S.H.I.E.L.D., it's yours. And on the inside of the ring, it said, to James, with all my love. Wolverine doesn't know that he used to be named James. He doesn't have those memories anymore. And he certainly doesn't remember being married. And that's the last time we saw Wolverine. We did hear from the ex-chicks in the last Spider-Man arc that he has been missing. So now we're going to find out some of what he's been doing in this story. Let's begin. Let's begin. Ultimate X-Men number 34, entitled Blockbuster Part 1. Brian Michael Bendis on the script, David Finch on pencils, Art Seibert, inks, Dave Stewart, colors, Chris Eliopoulos, letters, Nick Lowe, assistant editor, C.B. Sabolsky, associate editor, Ralph Macchio, editor, Joe Caseta, editor-in-chief, Bill Jemis, president and inspiration. Published date of August 2003, released most likely around June 2003. So, super sexy blonde lady walks into a diner and orders a coffee. She sees Wolverine and walks over and begins talking to him, and she decides to buy Wolverine's lunch. 
And then she leaves. And when she's outside, she talks into her little microphone, and I'm guessing it's in her sleeve or something. She says that ID is confirmed. It's a go. Wolverine is eating. He looks out the window to see three diaper trucks. The truck's doors open, and guns pop out, and they begin firing on Wolverine while he's sitting there in the diner. After shooting a bunch, the blonde lady walks up to the diner, and there is no dead Wolverine. And she is not too happy about it. Cut scene to Spider-Man, who is inner monologuing that he is way smart and junk, and he shouldn't have to take the SAT test because he gets all A's. Peter goes home and finds a very hurt Wolverine in his basement. He freaks out and webs up Wolverine and throws a chair at him and starts hitting him with a broom. Logan bursts out, claws uh, unsheathed. Would that be the correct word for that? Uh, Release, yeah. Unsheathed. Re- released, unsheathed. You can see his claws. Peter calms down the two talk Logan passes out Mary Jane walks in sees Logan so she passes out too Logan wakes up two days later with a very cute Mary Jane holding a bowl of soup Mary Jane then begins to make comments about Logan and asking questions and such Peter gets her to leave Logan says he owes Peter one and then three diaper trucks show up to be continued dun 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 I think I make that noise after every to be continued. Dun, but... dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and then my daughter would hop in with a sad trombone. She likes to make that noise. So, um, the whole search for my past thing with Wolverine is a, is a plot that has been done before in regular X-Men stories, has not really been done before in... Ultimate, well, I say that. There was Return to Weapon X, but that quickly went a different direction than Wolverine looking for his past. That was like the impetus for the plot, and the, but that was not what it was about. But this is basically all about Wolverine dealing with his past. Um, sexy blonde chick, yes. flirting with Wolverine, and... I mean, we find out this is not really flirting, but it's something more deliberate. She's totally play-acting here. But we constantly hear that Wolverine is a hairy, smelly ball of ugly. And there are other times when he's shagging the sexiest woman in the room, and they're the ones who started it. So I'm just like, what is the deal with Wolverine? Is he ugly and repulsive? Is he super hot and sexy? Is he both? I don't know. It's really kind of weird. However, the artist feels that day, John. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, I felt that David Finch was his name. Mm-hmm. Was really channeling some Mark Bagley here because this looks really similar to Mark Bagley's Ultimate Spider-Man a little bit. Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Mary Jane looks pretty different, but the uh, um, the Peter Parker looks pretty cool. Mary Jane is a lot more classic, pretty in this story. Um, whereas in Ultimate Spider-Man, she's pretty, a little, a little, a little bit on the geeky pretty side, but, you know, definitely cute, um, definitely built nice and all that stuff here. She's a lot more of your classic beauty kind of thing. I'm not sure which one I prefer, but I like how everybody seems to call, tell Wolverine that he smells like a wet dog. Yes. I love that they're shooting out of diaper vans. I mean, how randomly awesome is that? Yeah. Okay, so 
Peter sees super shot up holes everywhere Wolverine freaks out, webs him up, throws a chair at him, and starts hitting him with a broom. At this point, I was on the floor laughing. Yeah. Well, how creepy is it? I mean, it's like your worst nightmare. Everyone knows when you're sitting in your house and you hear a sound, it's probably just something in the walls or settling or whatever. The vast majority of the time, the noises in your house do not mean that there's an intruder. So when that small percentage of the time happens and there really is somebody in your house, you're going to wig out. And that's what Peter does. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. He, like, he's sitting there in his lab. He's on the computer. And here's he's like, what was that? <laughs> and then he sees a leg in his corner of his room. <laughs> Well, I don't know if his spider sense or whatnot went off, though. They didn't draw it if it did. But I don't think he was technically in danger, so... No, he wasn't in danger, which also may have been part of the whole wig out thing, because he's been used to being told if he's in danger, and instead he hears a noise and has a normal person reaction, you know? Yeah. Uh, the double-page multi-panel spread of Spider-Man flying over Manhattan with a lot of inner monologue going on. Yeah. Um, sort of like a... If you haven't been reading Ultimate Spider-Man and don't know what the story is over there, here's everything you need to know about the character in two pages. Yeah. I do remember the PSATs. I'm not sure if you had to take them with your school situation. Um, I In high school, I was one of the smart kids but not one of the super smart kids. And I was also not part of the sector of smart kids that had cool points. And I remember stressing about these tests. And I also remember being happy about my scores. Really glad that I did as well as I did until I found out or began to realize that there were so many other smart kids who had gotten higher scores than I. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I did better than the average guy, but not really as high as the cool kids got anyways but the psat i don't even know its purpose anymore i was trying to remember why you take a psat before you take the sat and i just don't remember it's not like the act where you're if you have a high enough score on the sat you can skip out the act you can't do that with the psat you can't just score really high on it and skip out of the sat you still have to take the sat but i don't know anyways so that's really all I got on this issue. It was. Uh... Um, I did like his reaction to the gory Wolverine once he finally actually gets a good look at him, and he almost throws up because it's he Wolverine is so messed up with his skin being riddled with bullet holes and everything. Because Wolverine has seen. Lots of blood and lots of gore in his life. And he's like, don't worry, you've seen worse. But Peter's like about to faint. And Wolverine says, oh, maybe you haven't. And just Spider-Man's crimes with which he's involved don't usually cross the uber-violent line like this. So it's a very, very typical teenage boy reaction. I just thought it was cool. Well, yeah, I, I like Wolverine, but he's... How do I say this right? 
you can't have um, knife claws that are indestructible and not kill people. You can't. <laughs> That's en- enough said. That's it. I mean, he couldn't be all Batman. No, I'd never take a life. No. I do think it's a little bit humorous how infrequently he does kill in the mainline comics. The The Wolverine killing people mainly happens in his own title. But the uh, whenever he's in the X-Men, he's always popping his claws, but he's never raking open people's bellies. I mean, I don't even know why he pops his claws, because he uses them so rarely whenever he's in an uncanny X-Men fight. Or especially an Avengers fight. That's just... It's, it's, it's a little bit funny. A little bit of a dichotomy there. Uh, side note, or tangent note, if you will. I hope that they put Wolverine in the Avengers movie. Hmm... I can see why you're saying that. And I like the idea of Wolverine being on the Avengers like he has been the last few years in New Avengers. I don't know if I'd want him in the movie. I'm just thinking while I'm I'm processing that idea. That'd be some great interaction between him and Captain America for sure. They could swap some World War II stories. Well, well, okay. If they were going to do that, which, you know, they're almost definitely not. But if they were going to do that, the way you could do it is have Hugh Jackman show up in a minor role in the Captain America First Avenger movie, which takes place in World War II. Um, Which I'm not sure if that's how they're going to do it, but in our hypothetical idea. Have the Captain America story in World War II. Have Hugh Jackman show up and be involved in some skirmish that... Steve Rogers goes on, or Captain America goes on in the um, war to establish they know each other. And then whenever the team comes together in the Avengers film, he's there and it's like, oh, wait, who are you? I don't remember you, that sort of thing. It would be cool, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. Are they, are they going to make a, another Wolverine movie or... They have said that there are plans in the works to do a Wolverine in Japan movie. Which would lead to Wolverine having a child. I mean, could lead to that. It wouldn't have to lead to that. Especially with as as freely as they played with his origin story in the first Wolverine film. Um, But it would definitely set set the stage and open the door for it. The... Chris Claremont four-issue Wolverine miniseries was all about his involvement in Japan and stuff, and that would be kind of cool to see translated to film. There's also supposed to be a Deadpool movie, isn't there? Yes. Ryan Reynolds, the only man, as far as I know, who has played two leading superhero roles in such close proximity. He is Green Lantern and Deadpool, and they are working on a Deadpool movie. He was also in Blade, I believe. I honestly, you might not hate you might hate me for this, but I have not seen the Blade films. I have not seen any of them either. I always think I'm going to see them, and then I'm like, nah. So I like the matzo ball soup on uh, the page where Wolverine wakes up and sees Mary Jane there, 
it makes me wonder who on the team was Jewish. Although with this being New York and the comic industry, it wouldn't surprise me if the entire credits list were Jewish. But uh, it's just kind of funny. Have you ever had matzo ball soup? No. We did Passover several years when I was a kid. Had a Seder meal. And matzo ball soup is a pretty commonly served appetizer at those. And it's, you know, your basic chicken broth kind of thing and has dough balls in it that are seasoned and spicy and tasty and it's good stuff. Well, I will have to try that sometime. One of my final thoughts on this issue is on the next page where Mary Jane is staring at him, he's like, it's not nice to stare, kid. And I'm like, Logan, how can you not want those green eyes staring at you? Exactly. I was like, oh. (laughs) That's why I said a very cute Mary Jane looking at him. Yeah, setting aside that she's 15, of course. Um, Which doesn't seem to bother him later in the Ultimate Spider-Man little story. Which one do you mean? Peter is so polite, but it's obvious that he wants Logan out of there, like, yesterday. And I can't imagine what kind of shenanigans he might have had to go through to keep May out of the uh, basement for two whole days. And my last note is that finding out that there are diaper trucks across the street from your house with guns inside is a big fail. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have on 34. It's a good, good issue. I, you know, this is a great I like lead in. The story is starting out. What's that? I said a great lead-in. Yes. Issue 35 is entitled, and this is so original, uh, Blockbuster Part 2. Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man's eventually going to pick up that format where they just have an arc name and they have multiple parts instead of individual episode titles. But there are the same credits on this issue as the first, except that Mackenzie Cadenhead is now assistant editor alongside Nick Lowe. This was the case on every book across the Ultimate line, uh, except Ultimate Adventures, which was kind of a special project and was wrapping up anyway. Uh, Outside Peter Parker's house, we see the girl from the diner in a diaper truck with two tank top tufts. They've been able to track Wolverine since he regained consciousness and have found him in Queens, which confuses them. Inside, Peter makes a joke about the diaper trucks before Wolverine declares this to be a no-jokes-allowed mission. Wolverine enlists Peter's help as Spider-Man to get Wolverine out safely. Logan then slices his own throat, causing a brief loss of consciousness that shuts off his trackability. And then Peter has to clean up blood on his basement floor to keep May from freaking out. They don't talk about that, but I'm just projecting. Um, Wolverine takes advantage of the people's confusion to start moving as soon as he wakes up and attacks the trucks. When the blonde and everyone else inside the van come to... Wolverine and Spider-Man are gone. They go to the diner, where Wolverine threatens and interrogates the diner man who had disappeared before the shooting before. The diner owner explains that the woman had slipped him a note when claiming to pay for his lunch, and the note said she was FBI, and that Wolverine was a mutant terrorist, and that the diner man should run. Spider-Man thinks they should take this info and get help from the X-Men, but Wolverine doesn't like that idea. Instead, they make their way to Soho, and Logan has a brief and tense encounter with Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. the Black Widow. After a cryptic conversation that Spidey can't follow, but we can if we've been reading The Ultimates, uh, 
Spider-Man realizes who she is and demands she repay him the $80 for his troubles in their last encounter from Ultimate Marvel Team-Up 14. (laughs) The conversation ends, and on the roof, Spider-Man explains to Wolverine that he's sticking around because he has a spider sense and can help warn Wolverine whenever there's anything dangerous about to happen. And as he's explaining this ability to warn of danger, a missile hits Wolverine in the gut and carries him off across the rooftops. To be continued. <laughs> Where does he get the $80 number? The web shooters? Is that it? Yeah, I think... Yeah, because she stole his web shooters. I didn't go back and reread the story. Uh, and I think also... Uh, I don't remember. So... I should have gone back and checked, but I'm dumb. But yeah, the, the 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 two guys working with her in the diaper truck, they might as well be named Tim and Tom the Tank Top Toughs. They're just so generic and they look the same, and it's really kind of funny. I really like this issue. Thought it was extra, extra cool with the Black Widow. Love me some Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson, Iron Man 2. Love me some Scarlett. <laughs> I want to hear her do the Russian accent. <sighs> okay, so um, <laughs> I, actually, you know what? I'm gonna need it in a minute. So can we just finish recording this like in about 15 minutes? No, just kidding. Um, so we find out here that Ben Parker worked at a printing press, which probably doesn't mean anything. But it did make me realize I've never wondered what Uncle Ben did for a living before getting killed. Well, I thought that's what he did for a living was just get killed so Spider-Man could be <laughs> That was his one purpose. Forget the 50-plus years before that. No, his one purpose was to die so Spider-Man. That's why Stan Jehovah Lee created him on this earth in the first place so he could get killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I really have no idea if this has ever been said in the main Marvel books, what uncle Ben did before he was killed. If any of you out there knows the answer to that question, please email me and let me know. I would be curious to know if, if we know what Ben Parker's vocation was before getting killed, there may have been an untold tales or something like that. One of the flashback retcon books that was published in the nineties, uh, that talks about that, but I don't know what that is. Shall I move on to 36? No, no, I have a couple things. Um, oh. Sorry. So in my synopsis, I said that the tracker only tracks him if he's conscious. But it's really kind of a confusing bit of storytelling here. Because Mystery Blonde makes a big deal about how they had no readings from him for two days, and that now he turns up in Queens. She's wondering why he's in Queens after two days of nothing. Since he was unconscious for those two days, I assumed that the tracker only tracks him if he's unconscious. But then Tom points out that the signal isn't moving. Therefore, he could be sleeping or still unconscious is what he says. So if the tracker does track him when he's unconscious, then I don't know. Because then he cuts his throat to turn the tracker off. And it's just like, how does this tracker work? How does Wolverine know how the tracker works? And if your tracking system only tracks people when they're when they're conscious, that's a pretty crappy tracking system. Yes, incredibly crappy tracking system. I mean, I want a tracking system that tracks people when they're conscious, but you know, if I'm in a comic book, I better have something better than that. 
I like how Spider-Man makes a joke, and Wolverine gives him a look that clear uh, in the scene where in the middle of the book where they're talking to the man behind the diner, and Wolverine is being all you know bad cop with him, and Spider-Man shows up, poised on the roof, uh, the wall above. He says, "You better answer the guy. He's not as nice as he looks." And Wolverine looks over at him with this look that basically says, "You're making jokes when the man who told you not to make jokes." has retractable claws in his arms. It's just like, don't joke around, Spider-Man. I'm not in the mood. Well, that's what Spider-Man is. He's practically a stand-up comedian that fights crime. Yes. (laughs) And I like it when Spider-Man's funny. I don't know how I feel about it when he's in a group and everybody finds him annoying. Because I can be that guy sometimes... I can be the kid in class who, you know, makes a joke every 10 or 15 minutes about something that the teacher says just to, you know, be funny. And I know that I'm annoying when I do that, so I try not to do it. But I don't want Spider-Man to be that guy. I mean, I guess it's cool to have something in common with Spider-Man, but I don't want him to be that guy. Um, what else did I have? Okay, so after interrogating the diner guy... Spider-Man says, they're tracking you? Yep. How are they tracking you? They have my Weapon X file. Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Good for you. So, Spider-Man doesn't know what a Weapon X file is, but we do. But we saw Wolverine's Weapon X file get burned by Sabretooth back in the second X-Men arc, Return to Weapon X. So, either there's another copy of his file out there somewhere... Which could be what he's ruminating about there whenever he's standing there looking up at the sky at Superman. And. <laughs> it's Superman. <laughs> well, anytime you say look up in the sky, that means that there's Superman. Uh, or maybe just the mystery woman, because, you know, we are going to find out who she is, and uh, she has a pretty close attachment to Wolverine. Um, she may just know his file by memory, and so. Because she hates him so much. Last thing I have is the conversation between Wolverine and the Black Widow. A, I love the paneling. You know, how you have, what is it, one, two, three, four by six. You have 24 panels per page of just all their little shots. And personally, I would love to see this sort of thing more often. If you're going to have a comic story where you're going to have conversations between people that take a while, instead of stretching that conversation over two or three pages, condense it all down into a bunch of tiny close-ups and squeeze the conversation into as little space as possible. I really, really like this layout here. And then let the other art be devoted to action and plot and everything else. Let the exposition take up a very small part of the page. Um, setting aside the fact that one of the hottest women in all of Marvel Them Assembled is sitting Lotus in her bathrobe, which is awesome, by the way. But setting that aside, this conversation is interesting, especially in light of what we later find out about the Black Widow. She and Wolverine had a relationship before her involvement with S.H.I.E.L.D., but he apparently does not know... Spoiler for Ultimates 2, she's a double agent for the Homeland now. 
Yeah. So either she's really good at covering up her feelings and everything, or Wolverine, Ultimate Wolverine's nose does not have the I can smell if your hair is brushed differently today powers like he has in the regular universe. She's she has killed the end of Ultimate Two Ultimates Two, isn't she? Yeah. Bye. Um Attacked. Maybe killed. Yes, yes, yes. Hawkeye does kill her. Tony Stark does not. He puts her in the hospital and then Hawkeye takes her out. Yeah, you're right. So um That's actually so, spoilery for everybody out there. But it's not a Spider Man spoiler, so I don't really feel that bad. Yeah. Because it's a Spider Man show and well, yeah, technically, I'm thinking of it as just a guide, um, an ultimate universe guide, mainly focusing on Spider-Man with stories of the rest of the universe tied in at the end. Yeah, and we may focus even less on Spider-Man once we cover all the Spider-Mans. Who knows what we're going to do, but that's a year away. Yeah. They also make fun of the Ultimates name here. What team are you on? The Ultimates. The Ultimate what? Ultimate Ultimates. So yeah, that's all I got. Very, very cool issue. Lots of cool conversation beats. Um, I really like the fact that Spider-Man tries to get $80 from Natasha and she won't even look at him. Um, she's too busy being Russian and hot to give any attention to Spider-Man. <laughs> Could you imagine that, though? Some hot lady just makes out with you and then knocks you out and steals your stuff. And then you're like in the room, and you're like, now, how do I know you? Hey! <laughs> you're the woman that kissed me and stole my junk! Well, not my junk, but uh, my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Peter. Poor Peter. So that's all I got. That, and that's Very a story cool. he can't tell Mary Jane either. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the only redhead I've kissed. Nor the last. Yeah, so... Yay. Ultimate X-Men 35 Blockbuster Part 2. C. Or we. Or hi. Pick a language. Ultimate X-Men 36. Blockbuster Part 3. Brian Michael... Oh, never mind. Uh, same credits as last time. Published date of October 2003. Release date of probably August 2003. And I didn't say it, but... Um... My issue was released in July with a cover date of September. So a rocket soars into Logan's chest. He flies into a building and the rocket explodes, throwing Logan high into the air. Spider-Man's spider sense goes off just as helicopters start firing on him. Spider-Man jumps and flips and rolls and dodges all the bullets. Spider-Man gets a web on the helicopter. The rock, uh, to ride. He rides it for a while, but is thrown into a building, so he starts looking for Logan, who doesn't want to be found, apparently, because he's hiding in a little corner looking at Spider-Man. Logan is thinking back to the diner with the pretty blonde lady, with the pretty blonde lady. then drunk douches number one, two, and three walk down the alley, and they annoy Logan, so he pops out his claws, and they run away like the little douches they are. Ha ha, I hope that was funny. Little side note I put on there. <laughs> Daredevil begins to question Logan when the diaper truck people show up. Oh, Daredevil shows up. Pretty blonde lady jumps out and begins insulting Logan. Her team fires on Logan, but he but he is unable to cut them because of their animatium body armor. Pretty blonde lady stops the shooting. 
Then she walks up to Logan and shoots him in the face four times with animanium bullets. After hearing this, Daredevil finally do, does something, and he hits the pretty blonde lady in the face with his little red throwy nunchuck stick thingy. And he says that's enough. Or he's heard enough or something like that. Get out of my kitchen! Swear to me! That's what he says. No, that's Batman. Yeah, Daredevil's kind of Batman. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say in the synopsis, and after seeing all this, Daredevil finally does something. But I'm like, but wait, he doesn't. Daredevil's blind. <laughs> oh but, yeah, <laughs> he didn't see all of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, so after hearing all this, or whatever. So I, I, I thought that was a funny little. You know, I liked putting the douches in there. I thought that was funny. Because that's exactly what they were. Yeah, basically. I like how Wolverine gets hit by the rocket and it's carried away to the building. And just before he gets to the building... Because the rocket's pressing into his gut and has basically bored a hole into his guts, which any person in real life would be extremely in pain and dying from. But he... Basically, before he has a chance to hit the building... No. After he hits the building, while he's going through brick walls and such, he pulls the rocket out of his belly with his claws and pulls himself up on top of it so that it can smash against the wall without him getting smashed too. That was a very cool bit of Wolverine-style action. Very nice. Uh, so Pretty Blonde Lady shot him in the face four times with animadium bullets. Okay, a little bit of, little bit of physics. Oh, I'm sorry, you make your point. I was going to say something. I was going to say very reminiscent of the X-Men origin Wolverine movie yes. where Wolverine is shot in the face four times with animatium bullets also so point made. either a little bit of physics here if we take the, the concept that adamantium is an indestructible metal then that means you should not be able to bend it by any normal means or, or it shouldn't be malleable either because if it's malleable if you can bend it and shape it then you can blow a hole through with enough force. Um, so, if she's shooting him in the head with adamantium bullets, either... No, scratch the either. If you're shooting him in the head with adamantium bullets, the bullets should be bouncing off. That's what I was trying to go with. Because the bullets are not going to crush against his skull. And they're not going to make dents in his skull. We know there are no dents in his skull because he's not Wolverine dent head for the rest of his life. And so the bullets themselves should not be crushing either because they're also adamantium. So they should be bouncing off. That's my point. Well, if you notice, they don't go all the way in. They stop, but... But they wouldn't. <laughs> well, but see, I mean, that was something I thought. Can't. So, animantium is indestructible, but is it indestructible against animantium? Yeah, if it's not, which is the logic they're using here, then the bullets should be going through his skull or leaving dents in it. But they don't leave dents in it because he doesn't have dents in his head for the rest of his life. So if they're not denting his skull, they wouldn't be crushing themselves either. Anyways, it's not a big deal. It's just trying to apply real physics to a comic book world, which does not often happen. Um, 
So Spider-Man is going after Wolverine with the helicopters, and his web gets cut, and he lands in this girl's apartment, and she's watching TV and offers him a Pop-Tart. I immediately thought Pothead. I think he takes the Pop-Tart. I really do, too. <laughs> Pop-Tart? Don't mind if I do, Pothead lady. And then he's like, oh, man, Logan, which became the title of a story arc they ran last year. Oh, no, no, that was Old Man Logan. And... Anything else on 36? When Mystery Blonde steps out of the van and she's wearing that breastplate, just the art and the pose and the fact that there are, you know, two strategically placed black spots... It really makes me. It makes me. It makes it look like she's stepping out of the van with an open-chested shirt, and maybe has really, really flat breasts. But it looks like she's standing there with her chest open. I will have to investigate this really quick because I didn't catch that at all. It's more of a, a at-first-glance kind of thing. And I really want to know this girl's name, just so I can write it down in my psycho bitches I don't ever want to date list. Because she really goes crazy on Wolverine in this issue. But we find out why later. We do find out why later. But it's not exactly justified. We just find out the reason. She's still psycho. While you're looking that up, there used to be a website. It's not up anymore. It hasn't been up for years. But I really wish it were. It was called PsychoExGirlfriend.com. What has happened is this guy had broken up with this girl. And over the next month or two months, I forget exactly how long it was, she called him and left all these voicemails. And seriously, they ranged from, please, please, can we get back together? I'm lost without you. I have no life. To, you bleepity, bleepity, blankety, blank, mother, blankety, blank, you took my heart and you stole it, you blankety, blank, and just every emotion in between. And she would call him like two or three times a day. So there's these all these MP3 files. Actually, at the time, they were probably WAV files. I don't know if MP3 existed in 1997. Um all these sound files that he's pulled off of his answering machine of his psycho ex-girlfriend just raging at him through the voicemail. It was really, really funny and sad and humorous and pathetic to listen to. That sucks, dude. I I so want to get on Torrance and see if I can find those now. (laughs) I've tried searching for psycho ex-girlfriend and I haven't been able to find them. That was the name of the site, though, psychoexgirlfriend.com. And on the last page, Daredevil is made of win. He's made of what? Win. W-I-N. Win. Like the sauce that covers awesome things. Win sauce. Oh. Still don't get the reference, but okay. So I see what you're saying about the breastplate again. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like a at-first-glance kind of thing, as if that was just, you know... Looking over the page, I was like, wait, are those hurt? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, talking a little bit of uh, future Ultimate X, we saw a lot in Ultimate X. There was some pretty risque art in Ultimate X number two. For those of you who haven't checked it out yet, it's, it's worth reading. 
Um, I like oh, the direction. And by the way, I said this on, uh, I posted this on the Teenage Wasteland post about Ultimate X, but that mall cop is so Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny, but yeah, it could totally be Seth Rogen. So, um, my little chime in. Yeah. It's going to be a while before we get to that era in our coverage. But, but yeah, well, 